When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What if you could become a better person, not by working harder, but by allowing your inherent goodness to take the lead? And not because you're a bad person, but because there's something inside you that's ready for more. How to Be a Better Person gives you one tiny step a day you can take to be the person you want to be. My mission? To help you keep growing. Hey, welcome to How to Be a Better Person. My name is Kate, and I'm your host. And whether you've been listening for a short time or a long time, I am so happy to have you here. I'm also the author of the book called How to Be a Better Person. And this podcast is for anybody who gives a shit about being a decent human and making the world a better place. There's something you might be doing every night without even thinking about it that could be negatively impacting your neighbors, your community, and the environment. It's flicking a switch and turning an outside light on, which probably doesn't seem like that big of a deal, right? But it can have a lot of repercussions that you'll learn about today. It's part of a mini theme, three episodes about community and things that make us feel connected, supported, and like we belong, and that help us be a better neighbor and steward of our sweet Mother Earth. So, you may not know this. I did not know this until I read an article in the New York Times Sunday paper recently. There is an actual term called light trespassing. It's like noise pollution, but it's visual. And it's like, I don't know, have you ever been sitting on your porch and your neighbor's light that they have on the corner of your house was shining right in your eyes? That's light trespassing. Of course, it doesn't have to come just from your neighbors. It could come from a street light. It could come from a business across the street. It could come from maybe you live near a hospital or a fire station and the siren lights will come in and maybe even wake you up or make it hard for you to fall asleep. Those are all forms of light trespass. That article that I was telling you about that I read in the New York Times defined light trespassing as a form of light pollution where illumination from a residence or a business or a street light spills onto someone else's property in a way that causes a disturbance. So the disturbance is a key piece. Maybe you've experienced this. I have a friend whose neighbor put up spotlights in their backyard. They have a little dog that they got recently, and they wanted to be able to see the dog when they let it out at night. So they put spotlights on the side of their house. Natural thing to do, right? Except those spotlights shone directly onto my friend's patio. We were all outside sitting around the fire, and it was like you needed sunglasses. You know, it just felt like somebody had their headlights on you. That's a version of light trespass. And it's kind of relentless. And it feels like a bit of an, an invasion because it disturbs the illusion that you are in your own space. But there's more to it than that because light in general is increasing in our world. <laughs> 
The places that are touched by land increases by 2% every year. So even in rural areas where you expect the night sky to be very dark and there aren't streetlights on the road and at night you really feel the darkness, those are disappearing because more people are moving to rural areas and putting up those spotlights on the side of their house so they can see their pets in the backyard or maybe they think they're keeping bears away or what have you. But we are losing our dark spaces. That's a problem in and of itself, but it gets to be sort of maddening when you learn, as I learned in that article that I mentioned that I am linking to in the episode notes, that there's a report from the Department of Energy that found that 99% of light that we humans emit has no clear purpose. 99%. That is just a huge amount. Imagine if 99% of the water that we used had no clear purpose. It would be like setting up a sprinkler in your driveway right? So I wanted to do this episode about light pollution today because I think that it could be a simple something that we can start to think about differently that would make the world a better place for our neighbors, for the people that we're in community with, but also for ourselves. Because there are a lot of problems that are caused by light pollution. I'm going to share what those problems are as well as what you can do about it after this break. So thanks for sticking around and listening and supporting the show. I'll be right back. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. It's Kate sharing with you some of the issues that are raised by light pollution and light trespassing. So number one, artificial light interrupts sleep. And it does that not just because the light is on and you need dark to sleep, but because it influences what's known as your circadian rhythm, which is your basically your body's master clock. Our hormones are designed to rise and fall according to exposure to light during the day. In the morning, our cortisol rises and makes us more active. At night, melatonin is released when the light starts to recede and that makes us sleepy. And so when light is on constantly, it interrupts those circadian rhythms. And it's not just stuff related to sleep and awakeness and alertness. A large portion of our genes are activated according to our circadian rhythm. So If you are exposed to light at all hours of the day, it can throw off a lot of things. In fact, they have found that people who are exposed to artificial light have higher rates of cancer. This is just an example of what I'm talking about. I'm sure there are lots of other downstream effects of this, but I thought that stat was pretty much an eye-opener. The other problem with light pollution is a little more, I don't know, philosophical, You have to think about how important being able to see the stars has been to humans since the dawn of time, basically. 
when you can look up and see the night sky and the stars and the Milky Way, it's a reminder of your place in the universe. And it's also a way to experience awe and beauty. And there's a light shining in your eye. It makes that very hard to do. Not just light pollution from a city, but any bright light at night lowers your night vision that makes fainter objects harder to see. So that's going to also include faraway stars. And then that's just about people. Think about the ecosystem around you of insects, animals, plants, and trees. The light that maybe is you're shining on your beautiful tree because you want everyone to see your beautiful tree and it looks so pretty could be having a lot of downstream effects that aren't that positive. So your tiny assignment today is to consider these questions that I'm about to share and make a change if you need to. So the first question is, do I truly need these lights? Am I trying to light something up outside that is serving a purpose? Remember that stat that 99% of light that we emit serves no purpose. So just do sort of a purpose evaluation. And then if there is a reason why you need a light in your backyard, could you make it a motion sensor light? Because then the light only comes on intermittently when it is needed and you're not illuminating a shrub at 3 a.m., you know, for no good reason. Because who's up at 3 a.m.? I don't know. Some young people are. I am not. Unless I have insomnia, that's a different story. But if you have insomnia, the last thing you need is artificial light shining into your bedroom window. So for the lights also that you need to keep on, if motion sensor isn't an option, could you point them down toward the ground so that they're not shooting over into your neighbor's yard or into your neighbor's bedroom window? For the example that I gave of my friend whose neighbor put uh, floodlights on the side of their house so that they could see their dog, well, another solution might be they could get a lighted collar that they put on their dog when they let it out at night, and then they could always look out and see where the dog is, and they wouldn't need the light that illuminates this, you know, large cone, and they could just point it down to the ground. And so it does serve a purpose, but it's not as disruptive. And then do you really need to leave your porch light on? or the light on your shed or your garage. You know, a lot of times we think that if we light something that we're making something safer, something that they talked about in the New York Times article when they consulted safety experts, it's that lights that are always on really just drive people into the shadows. It doesn't necessarily reduce crime. Again, motion sensor would be more effective because you don't know when that sucker is going to come on, right? So you're more likely to just stay away as opposed to If there's a light that's always on, you know how to skirt around the outside edges of it. And then maybe is there a neighbor you could have a conversation with about their light that might be negatively impacting the quality of your life at home? This is a real biggie. I'm sure it could be nerve wracking, but a lot of people just don't realize what a big deal light pollution and light trespassing is. I didn't until I read this article. Maybe this is kind of new information for you too. So if you go into it with the intent to relate your experience, right? And just make an ask and not a demand. You might be able to have an interesting conversation where you affect change. And of course, it always helps if you take care of your own business first before you ask someone else to take care of theirs. So do your own light audit in your own home first. And then remember the potential upsides of reducing any unneeded lights outside at night. You can have a better relationship with your neighbor if you go and talk to them. It could actually go well. They probably might have similar concerns about their quality of life, maybe from a light from your house or from another neighbor's house and something you could bond about. 
They'd also be less light trespassing, which as a person who cares about being a better human, I'm guessing you care about. You'll also have fewer interruptions on your circadian rhythms for yourself and your neighbors. And last but never least, being able to look up and see the sky and feel that sense of wonder that doesn't require any electricity or device to experience and helps you feel awe, which is just a super powerful, positive emotion that can lift your mood for much longer than those moments when you're actually experiencing it. It's worth it to do a little bit of a light audit for yourself. So thanks for listening and thanks for considering it. And I hope you'll come back tomorrow when I'm interviewing Melody Warnick, who's the author of two great books called This Is Where You Belong and If You Could Live Anywhere, about finding that sense of belonging wherever you live. I'll talk to you tomorrow. How to Be a Better Person's theme song, Leapt for Deadish, is by Junior85. The episodes are mixed by Sound Advice Strategies. If you liked what you heard in this episode, share it with someone you think would like it too. Your voice matters. Also, How to Be a Better Person has an official newsletter that sends the past five episodes and a well-chosen meme to your inbox every weekend. Sign up at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com and click on Get Podcast News. I also love to hear from listeners. I mean, I love it. Send me an email by clicking on the contact Kate button at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com or you can tweet me at Kate W. Hanley. Don't forget the W. Or find me on Instagram at Kate Hanley Author. I look forward to connecting with you. 